Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses. I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. And definitely check out those shows as well. Nadine Epstein is the author of RBG's Brave and Brilliant Women, 33 Jewish Women to Inspire Everyone. 
She is an award-winning journalist and the editor-in-chief of Moment Magazine. Justice Ginsburg was one of her role models, and she hopes this book, A True Labor of Love, will inspire people of all genders and ages. She is the founder of the Role Model Project in memory of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Welcome, Nadine. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss RBG's Brave and Brilliant Women, 33 Jewish Women to Inspire Everyone. Hello. Great to see you. I mean, I was looking for myself, but I didn't see her in here. So I don't know. You're going to have to make an addendum. (laughs) Just kidding. I loved this book. I love these profiles. Some of these women I really was not that familiar with before. I should say I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but I I will just take one for the team by saying so. Um, And so I loved learning about them and uh, all this history. What inspired you? Why do this book? Where did this come about? How did this come about? First of all, you shouldn't be embarrassed by not knowing some of the women because I didn't know all the women either. And okay. Justice Ginsburg didn't know all the women either. I'll tell you the story. <laughs> so the, the, uh, it's a really eclectic group of women. But basically, I got to know Justice Ginsburg in over maybe uh, the last 10 years of her life. And we were, she, I, I discovered, so I'm the editor-in-chief of Moment Magazine. And I discovered she was a devoted reader of Moment. And she, I interviewed her and I interviewed her a few more times. And then she actually asked, I helped her with a few philanthropic projects, which is something I don't normally do for anyone, but she asked me and I, I couldn't say no. Yeah. And in 2019, we honored her uh, September 18th, 2019, exactly as it turns out a year before she died. And we honored her in New York and we gave her this incredible collar, which we had designed for her called the Zedek collar, which was the justice collar. It was a beautiful lace collar that we commissioned and it said Zedek, Zedek, turn off on it, justice, justice. And it was, she loved it so much. And she announced she was going to wear her first day of the term, which is a few weeks later. And she asked me to bring it to her in her, she didn't want to carry all the stuff back to New York, to DC. So she asked me to bring it to her in her chambers. And I'd been to her chambers many times. And by the way, they were absolutely amazingly, they were, it was like being in an art museum with a Supreme Court judge as your, as the curator. She just had exquisite taste and it was beautiful. And, and we're sitting there on, I'm sitting there on her white couch and we start talking about, she starts talking about the women who inspired her, the Jewish women who inspired her life. And and then I said something, and she, they were like, Henrietta Zold and Emma, Emma, Emma Lazarus and Lillian Wald and really amazing women. And then I, I told her about how when I was in fourth and fifth grade, I was a really nerdy kid. And I read every single biography in my little public school library, all 350 of them, and 10 of them were about women. And they were the standards, Molly Pitcher, Clara Barton, Amelia Earhart, Louise May Alcott, Madame Curie. They were all amazing women, but there just weren't enough of them. And so we had this conversation. And in the middle of this conversation, I, I, I got really excited. You know, I, I publish books and I publish a magazine and I write, I'm a writer. And I said, you know, we should write a book. <laughs> and I, I have to say that I say this a lot. I get excited. Yeah. And Justice Ginsburg just sat there right in front of me and she said, yes. And there we were. We were on the journey to write a book (laughs) and we had to figure out what it was. Wow. That's cool. I say that to people a lot too. (laughs) It's whenever people don't usually say, yes, let's do it. Let's go. So that's, that's a great answer, especially, you know, that's a big get. 
<laughs> well, it was just one of those things that happened. It wasn't something that, you know, no, I, had, I know, uh, I know I love it. for this or anything. It was just That's... in the conversation. And so it was very, and it turned out it was really, I had no idea at the time, but it was, she said yes, because it was a really important topic to her. Mm-hmm. This was a really important part of her life journey. She really cared about the stories of women and she wanted these women to be part of her legacy. And she started throwing out names of women. First of all, women in the Haggadah. And I was like, women in the Haggadah. And she was like, and we, we must, we have to have Miriam. We have to have Miriam's mom. And we have to have the midwives. And we have to have Pharaoh's daughter. And I said, Pharaoh's daughter, is she even Jewish? It doesn't matter if she's Jewish. She's one of the women who ensured the survival of the Jewish people. She needs to be in the book. As it turns out, I later learned from Midrash that she is, and she was considered Jewish. She married a Jew from the from the Levi tribe, and she left Egypt with the Israelites. So she's she was as Jewish as, as anyone. So, anyways, but there were so many women that she started mentioning, and then we came up with a list, a long list of women, and then she had to go back to work because. She, she was Supreme Court justice and she was very busy. And I already have five jobs running moment and all my other projects. And I had to go back to work. So I went home and did a lot of research and came up with about 150 names of women on top of, you know, including the ones she had mentioned. And then she kept sending me more names and more names and more names. And it turned out that we, it's a really eclectic group of women that are in the book because we ended up really choosing the women that meant the most to her and her mm-hmm. life. Plus, I added some women to sort of round it out because given Justice Ginsburg would have just chosen, I mostly chosen writers, lawyers, and singers and musicians. And I felt like we really needed, and then the women from the Bible, I felt like we needed to have, you know, a, a, a greater, greater diversity. And so I ended up learning about her women. Some of them I had never heard of. And she ended up learning about the women that I chose some of whom she had never heard of. So it became a very eclectic group. And there's still a list of, you know, we on, I only got to like 33 women. Plus I did a whole chapter on her after she died. So there's many, many more women we never really were able to get to. But it was so important. To, of course, when she died also, I realized so few people know, they don't really know about Justice Ginsburg. They know she's notorious. They know she's famous. They know she was Supreme Court judge but they don't really know why she's famous. And the, the the story of the whole book is kind of the evolution of women's rights. If you read these stories of these women, they tell the story of evolution of human right, women's rights in the Jewish world, but they, they tell the story of the evolution of women's rights in the world. It's amazing. I mean, the chronology of it, I love how in the beginning when Ruth Bader Ginsburg says, once you chose your role models, it's good to have many. I hope you set your mind to do great things and stay steady on your course. The world needs more brave and inspirational people, and you can be one of them, right? It's like, okay, go forth and conquer. And then we have all these interesting women. I loved learning about Marty Ginsburg more. I didn't even know that much about him. Fanny Mendelssohn, the talented pianist. I didn't know, I didn't even know that he had a sister who really composed a lot of the music. I didn't know that. Did you know And who may have been more talented than he was. Yeah. And who never was allowed to publish or perform um, while her her dad was alive. So that was one that really meant a lot to Justice Ginsburg. She felt that Fanny Mendelssohn's life had just been a complete injustice and had to be, you know, we had to address that. 
So Fanny Mendelssohn is in the book. Also Gertrude Berg and how it ended up becoming the Goldbergs, essentially. <laughs> the first that come about a Jewish family. And yeah, very funny. Gertrude. But she's, she's not just a, a writer and an actor. She is one of the first women to build her own media empire. Mm. She owned the rights of her company and all those, the, the radio show and then the TV show and then the, the Broadway play and all the other spinoffs and was something that she owned the rights of. And this was something that Justice Ginsburg, when she was a little girl, was listening on the radio with her family to the Goldbergs. And she already knew that Gertrude Berg was a woman who didn't like at that time, women didn't want, weren't like women did not go out and earn a living because they might embarrass their husbands who that would show that their husbands couldn't support them as they should. So, and just as a young kid, um, just Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg knew that that was nonsense. And that that was, you know, she knew that she learned that from, you know, listening to Gertrude Berg and she learned a lot from her mom too. She had an amazing mom. Wow. So how did you learn? How did you, and I'm like, let's shift to, if you don't mind a little more to hear, I like, I'm so interested in all the things that you do also, aside from this, oops, aside from this wonderful book. And now, I mean, I'm delighted to have more Jewish women to use as role models, especially for my two Jewish daughters and all of that. But you started, you, okay. So Eli Wiesel started Moment Magazine. How did you get involved? Did you start, you started with him. It still is, in existence. Now you have the print version, you have the digital version, every commentary on everything from <laughs> Jewish world affairs to arts and culture to everything. It's, it's, it's really impressive. And by the way, I subscribed <laughs> as I was researching Yay! to the print and the digital. So um, I've already been perusing the articles and everything. Well, first of all, the book, by the way, is not just for girls. It's I for shouldn't have said too. that. You're right. You're right. No, no. It's a really, it's a really great point because initially when we started it, Justice Ginsburg was thinking about girls. And then I had a number of young people read it. And by the way, and the book is from like, it's for 10 to 120. It's not written down. It's really an intergenerational book, a book meant to spark conversation and spark thinking for all ages. But basically it's not there. The, you know, I had a 12 year old boy at the time read it. And he said, these are amazing people. Why isn't the book, this was at first draft, why isn't the book written for, you know, me? And so I went to Justice Ginsburg and we discussed it and we made it. It's for everyone because it's role models are about traits. You know, this is a book about role models and you want to have a variety of role models. And it's not because you want to like worship somebody or you want to, you want to make, put somebody up on a pedestal. It's because you want to identify traits in them that you might want to incorporate into yourself. And those traits that are in these women are traits that boys, girls, all genders can incorporate into themselves. And that's really an important part of like emotional intelligence building. And so this is for everyone. And it's not something that kids just do. It's something that we as grownups and as parents need to be continually learning and adding traits to ourselves to help us to become you know, begin to grow into that person we were always meant to be. And we're on that journey to becoming. I, I didn't mean to pigeonhole the book and I'm sorry for no, saying it's okay. it was, but I was excited to share it with my girls. <laughs> so I had, I had the same thing, by the way, with Princess Charming that just came out, like they had all the copy and it was like the best book for girls, like to inspire them to be young feminists. And I was like, why is this just for girls? Like anybody should want to try harder. And that's like the message of the book. You know? So anyway, I totally get so, it. 
Absolutely. So Ellie Wiesel, Ellie Wiesel and Leonard Fine actually co-founded Moment in 1975 in Boston. And I never, I was just a kid, never even heard of it. (laughs) And many, many years later, I'd been a journalist, written some books and done, done all sorts of different things. And I just finished a book and I was a single mom and I decided that I should get a job and get out back out in the world. And I just randomly got hired at Moment Magazine, which happened to be six blocks from my house. And I thought, what a great mommy job. And it was for a, few, a little while, but the magazine was not at one of its apex high periods. And it was in the process of trying to be sold. And uh, there was a deal made for it. The deal fell through. And so without knowing anything about actually like running a business, besides having sold lots of Girl Scout cookies and uh, <laughs> put it on carnivals when I was a kid, I knocked on the door and just said, well, I'll take it over. And so I had to raise the money and put it together to to buy the magazine. And I did, and I put it in a nonprofit. And it's just incredibly amazing to me that here we are 18 years later, the magazine is just thriving in so many ways. We have live, this incredible events programming, the virtual events program where, you know, every with just, it's like amazing quality. It's like, we are the 92nd Street Y, you know, we are the Striker Center. We have just incredible programming one to two or three times a week at momentmag.com slash Zoominars. Just great programming with huge audiences. We have the print magazine. We have a beautiful website, which is one best website several years in a row. We have newsletters that are just top-notch. We have a fiction contest. We just have so many ways. Um, The Daniel Pearl Investigative Journalism Initiative, where we give grants to write about projects, stories about prejudice. So it's just such an alive project with so much creativity coming out of our little tiny basement office in Washington, (laughs) D.C. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> I like the, the cartoon captioning contest. Oh, my, yes. I want to try, try my hand at that. That looks so like So it's a great contest. Bob Minkoff from The New Yorker started it for us years ago. 
And we also have a book we did with Bob uh, with Jewish I, cartoons. I saw that. I, I was about to buy that. And it's I a to great go contest. To my <laughs> and it's a, it's a little bit easier to win than the New Yorker contest. So that's a little bit about the story of Moment. Um, and somewhere, and again, somewhere in there, I guess around the 2012, 13, 14, to when I started, you know, when Justice Ginsburg became, came into, came into the, my life. Uh, here at Moment. So, because wow. we're based in DC, so it's a little bit of a, there's like a DC world here. Wow. I read the article you wrote about the two Haitian girls, or I think they were from Haiti, and yes. in middle school education, and how you almost got to bring their letter to Eli Wiesel, and then he fell ill and, and passed away before you could. And, and all the, and all that you learned about the movement to teach the Holocaust in public schools. And, and I didn't know about that, or, and I found that fascinating. Well, we have an amazing story in our, not this current issue, but the last issue called The State of Holocaust Education in America. And it's a really wonderful look back to what, well, a look at what's happening today, but it gives you the context. And one of the things we do at moments, we try to give you the context, the meaning, the history that goes along with this. So we're not just all floating around in this, you know, confused information sphere. So yeah, so that's Moment. Also, you have Moment books. So tell me about the books that you're producing. Well, we actually produced a number of books over the years. In the last few years, we did a whole piece a book on Ellie Wiesel. It's called An Extraordinary Life and Legacy. And it has, it's really like a, a wonderful companion to the book night. It really gives you his full picture of his life with a lot of his wonderful speeches in it and a, a visual timeline of his life. And what turns out to be like so many gorgeous photos of him, which is so it's, it's really, a, it's a beautiful book, which I edited. And then, have I got a cartoon for you? The Moment Book of Jewish Cartoons, which Roz Chast wrote a forward to, and, and Bob Mykoff um, did that. He wrote, he, he edited it. And, oh, a wonderful book. Can, can robots be Jewish? Oh. Um, and Other Pressing Questions of Modern Life, edited by our brilliant opinion editor and books editor, Amy E. Schwartz. And it's just a really funny and smart book. It's part of... In, our, in the magazine, we have this section called Ask the Rabbis, where we really ask really relevant, meaningful questions to a whole spectrum of rabbis, like on, of all different kinds of denominations, beyond denominations. And so this is a, just a great, it's a great, com- a great book. We have Theodore Bikel's The City of Light, which is a whole story that's Theodore, Theodore, Theodore Bikel, who is a, a famous singer, a folk singer and an actor. Anyways, that's another wonderful book. So we have, and we have other, other projects in the works. So, so that's one of the things that we do. And in your spare time, you're going to revive Asbury Park, right? I read your uh, piece in the Bruce Springsteen. Well, actually, Asbury, <laughs> Asbury Park's being revived all without me. So um, <laughs> it's, it's happening. That was a piece I did a long time ago that was in a, an anthology, the, the Springsteen Reader by, that Penguin did. I have a lot of other projects that I've done. I, I'm also Tell an me. artist. I just did an art show that just closed here. It was called Lovely Inarticulate Woman Goes Into the World. It was a gallery here in Georgetown. I'm working a lot. I've been really inspired by Justice, this book with Justice Ginsburg by talking to people. I see the the real message of this book is really the road to gender equity. And the real message is that we're not there. We are so far from where we need to be. And we're really not talking about a long-term strategy. Justice Ginsburg was a long-term legal strategist. And what we're doing right now is we're running around and putting fires out. We really need to come up with a plan 
for how we can create the cultural change necessary to not only just bring more women into power, but to change the tone of politics, but to actually then be able to enshrine gender equity into the constitution, whether it is an ERA or an XQY or a ZYH, we have to come up with a long-term plan for that. So this is something I've been thinking a lot about. And also the book is very much about women finding their voices, which is something that you and I have in common here. Finding my voice has been a, a, a long journey. <laughs> and just as Ginsburg became one of my role models and helped me, taught me a, a few very, very important life lessons that have really changed my life. So what's one of the most important? Probably one of the most important ones was that many, many years ago, I was sitting in her chambers. And for some reason, I, I said, you know, I like being a journalist and a writer because I can be behind the scenes. I don't really have to go out there in front of people and talk. And she said, get over it. <laughs> Just like that. She said, get over it. She said, if you don't speak your mind, no one will speak it for you. And I really, really just touched me. And I never really thought about it in those terms before. And so I was a very, I was, a, she was a very, by nature, kind of reticent person and who kind of taught herself to be out in the world. And I was, I was a writer, but I wasn't somebody who was out there saying what I really thought. And so and I, I was, and I didn't really like to get up on stage and do that. So I actually really had to work on myself. You know, I took, like, I love to sing, but I always sang in private. So I went and I started singing and taking singing classes and singing. And I took public speaking and I took musical theater and I took improv classes and I took a stand-up class at the DC Improv. And I did a DC Improv show <laughs> and I just forced myself to get out there in the world. And it really transformed myself because of Justice Ginsburg, who could stand up and be one of, she was like, when she went to Harvard, her first year of law school, she was one of seven women, I think it was, maybe nine women in this huge class of, of, of men. And she had, and one of the men in her class was Anthony Lewis, who was a really, who was already a reporter, who already won the Pulitzer Prize, already worked for the New York Times, and he was there on some kind of fellowship. And he was so smart. She found him so intimidating that she she found herself really difficult to speak um, in class. So she went home, she did her homework, and she forced herself to. And so if she could do that, well, then I can do that too. So it was a really important lesson that I got from her. I love that. Who knew that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would inspire you to do a, like a stand-up and improv? I mean, that's crazy. You know, you <laughs> yeah. never know where things are going to take you. You don't. And then the other thing that's really important is that, so I thought I was, I thought I had pretty high standards. So another, another conversation I had with her once, I think I said something in retrospect, I don't know why I said this. No, it'd be really wonderful if we get to the place where we have half the members of the Supreme Court are women. And then she looked at me and she said this before to other people and said, why half? We should have nine. We've had nine men for centuries and no one's made a fuss about that. And and I went, wow, she's so right. Because it's so important, the tone, bringing women into the Supreme Court, bringing more women or a majority of women or all women into Senate, to the Senate and to the House Representative and to all leadership, many leadership positions is really incredibly 
important. It has, we have to change the tone of politics. We have to change this kind of, what I want to say, very masculine, old fashioned masculine archetype of, you know, out being, being more, who can be the most um, dominant, being very dismissive of not just of women, but of each other. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of tone and that women bring that I think is really important. Now it's not all women. I know that. And there are many men who have it as well. And more and more men coming up in the world, like our sons who have it. And so it's not just about gender. It's just not about having more women in politics. It's about having more men, women, people of all genders who have the traits that women do bring to politics. They're sort of traditional traits that women are brought to politics. So it's not this, it's really important for us to think in terms of traits as opposed to like gender. So we have to create change. And that's one of the really important messages in this book. It's why there's a call to action at the end. And it's, it's not changed by just arguing with people. When was the last time you actually had an argument with somebody and you convinced them that they were wrong and you were right? And they actually, even if you did, that lasted for more than 10 minutes, really. You know, it just doesn't happen in our highly polarized society. We have to come up with different ways to to, to think about, to, to, to have discourse. So anyways, these are some of the things that She's led this book and my conversations with her have led me to think about and become much more involved about. I love that. That's great. Well, I know we're almost out of time, but I just wondered what advice you have for aspiring authors. Oh, of all ages? Of all ages. You you pick (laughs) any and all. Well, first of all, just do it. (laughs) I mean, you just have to do it. You just have to sit down and write something. And it's often going to be awful the first time you write it. Every once in a while, you might write something the first time that's worthwhile. But in that awfulness will be one idea or one sentence or a few ideas that you can build into something that's, that's, that's worthwhile and meaningful and beautiful to you that you can share. So I think you just have to plunge right in to, to writing and be willing to do all the, what is editing? What is writing really? It's thinking. Willing to think yourself through to get to something that you feel is your voice and you're proud of. And it's a very hard process. And I'm, I, I'm still in the process of doing this. And it's over and over and over again. You just, you know, you plunge into new topics over and over and over again. But somewhere in there, you find that core of what you really want to say and what's important and that is worthwhile to say. And you have to, have to, you have to spend that time to find it. I don't know if that's helpful, but that's just for me. I, I think it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question, I promise. But what's like your number one secret to getting all the things done that you do and managing all the stuff? Like, what do you think enables you to do it the best? Or what are some of the things? Okay, well, there are some days where I think I'm just completely insane. And, you know, I think what's happened is that I've just learned to trust the voice in me, my own voice. My, there's a voice in me, which says, this is the time to do this right now. Mm-hmm. This is the time to do this right now. And not listen necessarily always to what other people say, because in reality, in terms of time management, it may not be. But so I'm, I, I, I'm somebody who has so many projects 
And also there are just times where like that project, one particular project just speaks to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is what I have to do. This is the next step. This is what I have to say here. And the next day, another project may come up. Now I, I, I know, and I have a wonderful staff and this drives people crazy. So, you know, I totally admire people who can just focus on one thing for months and months and months and years and years and years. But, and I, I'm someone who just has, my brain just works differently. And I've taken me years to just accept that. I, I wish it was different <laughs> in a way, but, you know, creative people have their own way of being. And on some level, we have to respect that. And you have to respect that in yourself. And and over the years, of course, I have gotten much better at time management. <laughs> well, you're obviously so. doing a good job. So <laughs> I don't know. How do you do it? How do you, how do you do all the things you do? I don't know. I, I, I haven't said it. I haven't articulated it the way you just did, but I like that, that voice in your head. Cause it's, it's true. I'm like, okay, I know I shouldn't be working on my website right now, but like, no, I really need to, because it's gotta be right today. You know, like, But shouldn't I be doing that? So I think it's just hyper awareness of what I'm doing at all times, right? Like yes. I am doing this for this time and then I have to quickly move on and then I'm going to do that. And then I have to make sure I get this in da, da, da. and then like keeping lists always. And oh, um, I'm a obsessive list keeper. Yeah. I have so many lists and I've always been that way. So it's, it's usually important. In fact, I feel like once you have so many things going and like you're juggling all these balls, they all come together. There's mm-hmm. a synergy. There's a themes that run through all of them. And they're all different expressions of these different, of, of these, of these same themes. And in a way you're throwing these all up into the air and you're sort of managing to keep them all going and occasionally drop them all <laughs> because, you know, there's just days when you, you got to yeah. drop all the balls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then the next day they just somehow the energy's back and they're back up there and they're, they're working and, you know, it's a kind of magic you have to respect. I love that. Well, thank you. <laughs> that was personally helpful and helpful in general. And thank you for talking about your amazing book, not just for girls, not just for kids, for anybody, which is a very inspiring collection of lesser known and more widely known Jewish women rock stars, essentially. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.